What does your LinkedIn profile say about you? Your LinkedIn profile shapes how others perceive you. So what does yours say? It's episode 46. In this episode, the phrase, don't be a Johnny, is coined. <laughs> Listen to find out more. And huge apologies for the technical issues we faced with LinkedIn not going live. Karen Tisdell is an early adopter of LinkedIn. She recognised the platform's potential when working as a recruiter, foreseeing the importance of how industry experts are perceived online. Karen began her LinkedIn profile writing business. A decade on, she ranked as one of the top eight independent LinkedIn trainers across the Asia-Pacific market. Karen is going to share tips, tricks, and her thoughts on how to turn contacts into a flow of leads and business-building connections. Please enjoy the episode and thanks for being a fab listener. Support me by subscribing and telling your friends. Welcome to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. I'm Johnny Ross, founder and digital marketing strategist of Fleet Marketing. Each podcast, I'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you, to give you some great business growth takeaways, and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve, adapt, and grow. I look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast. So here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. How are you? We are live with Karen Tisdell from uh, Sydney in Australia. Uh, how are you, Karen? Good. We're evening here, but we're morning where you are, aren't we? So yeah. opposite ends of the spectrum, but it's uh, great to talk to you. I'm so excited about talking to somebody who oh, shares my enthusiasm for social media. It's absolutely. real exciting for me. Absolutely. Um, we are live on LinkedIn, although I am being told in my software that there's an issue with LinkedIn right now. So I really hope we're live on LinkedIn, uh, but I might be checking that in a moment. Um, we are live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. And um, if you're listening, this is a podcast. Uh, what we do is we do a live session and then it gets turned into a podcast uh, for you amazing listeners that are here with us right now. So thank you for being here. Uh, Karen, you were ranked a, a top LinkedIn trainer uh, in the Asia Pacific market. You've been, you're sort of renowned for uh, turning profiles into business. Is that right? Yeah, so profiles are my thing. So um, I'm really lucky. I think we're all very lucky that um, you know, what's gone on in the last couple of years, you know, everybody's realising that being on social media, especially on LinkedIn, where you can actually check, you know, who who does this person actually work for, you know, what's their background, that sort of thing. So I think as the world's moving towards hybrid or virtual working, I think everybody's flocked to LinkedIn. We've seen a lot of LinkedIn trainers and social media sort of trainers pop up. But my core thing is writing profiles. I've been writing profiles now since 2009. So wow. um, yeah, a long time, right? I know. Yeah. I, I've actually delivered training sessions and people have gone, 2009. I'm like, yeah, I started on LinkedIn in 2005 and I've had people go, oh, my gosh, I was born in like 2004. I'm like, it's yeah, a, I got socks older than you. <laughs> it's a it's a long time for digital, isn't it? I mean, it might not sound like a long time, but in, in the digital timescale, that is, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a huge amount of time. Uh, and, uh, and if you were to go back just 20 years, you know, the, social media was just nothing like 
what we what we see today whatsoever and it was just sort of news groups and forums and sort of behind the scenes stuff really uh so so yeah uh, i agree what karen just uh, uh something that's just come to mind i wonder you have a website which is karentisdale.com um but um i wonder how much business you get through linkedin is the majority of your business through linkedin I thank you for asking about my website because it's actually really new. So I've been running my business for 12 years and my website is four, five months old. I have no SEO on, on my website. I don't use Google AdWords, nothing. And I point everybody to my LinkedIn profile. And I, you know, you get those little Google Analytics reports and I'm getting like between 260 to 350 views on a website a month, which I think is really good, but I have no points for comparison. I mean, maybe it's rubbish and you're like, I can't believe she's talking about this, <laughs> but I have no points for comparison and they're all coming through social media. Yeah. So it's amazing. So occasionally I'll get a client, a former client of mine will facilitate an introduction via email and that person will look me up on my, my website. But most of my views, they're coming from social media. People yeah. want to know who people are. Do I trust them? Who do we know in common? Um, which is why I'm a fan of keeping your networks quite niche because um, it relies a lot on who you know in common. And then from that, they look at my my websites. Amazing how it's going. How did we go with going live? Are we live on LinkedIn or are we live everywhere else except for on LinkedIn? Because you seems... know that would break my heart, but that's okay because they can catch the replay. Yeah, it seems like we're live everywhere but LinkedIn, which is really frustrating. And I'm and I'm trying to figure out how to solve this, but um, it uh, yeah, it's I'm being told the only way we can do this is by ending and restarting, which um, is something we could do. But anyone that signed up will be on a different link, so it all goes pear shaped because um, there's the we've we created a LinkedIn event for this, uh, but of course inside that event the uh, link to this will change. Uh, and so if we were to even stop this and restart, it would be on a whole mm. new broadcast. So it's really frustrating for both of, the, both of us. I've never seen this before. Have you used StreamYard before? Uh, yes and no. So I've used StreamYard all the time, but I've always been the guest. So I've not been sitting at your end right. where you're asking questions and you're checking all the tech and you've got all these things all lined up and, you know, because that takes some serious brains, you know. <laughs> and so I'm uh, I'm really good in some areas, but there's a lot of areas that I'm just like, oh, how does this work? And um, so I, I don't know. Can't really help you with that one. Sorry. Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, you can I'm... take people at the recording or maybe you can have me back. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, we'll totally. See. Um, I, I will keep figuring it out um, and uh, and we'll see where we get to. So what what makes a good LinkedIn profile. What's what are the key ingredients to yeah. a good LinkedIn profile? And more importantly, actually, let's go back a step. Why do I need one? What's the what what are you what have you seen? What have you found with your clients? Why do I need one? I think people need one because it's not just like everybody says the quick answer is Google yourself and you'll see that LinkedIn ranks really high. But we all have to realise how often we're Googling each other and how often we're looking at LinkedIn and going, do I know that person? Um, you know, who do they know in common? So 
I don't think it's that we're so much more suspicious of strangers and of people we don't know as much as we're just really careful with our time. People don't want to invest. You know, how many phone calls do you get these days, Johnny? You know, we don't, people don't pick, the only person who ever phones me these days is my mom. you know, so people don't phone people anymore. They're like, before I initiate a phone call, I want to check this person out and then maybe I'll send them a, a direct message on LinkedIn or whatever, I'll send them a, an email and then maybe I'll arrange to have a phone call with them at a specific time and it's typically a Zoom. So I think it's about people being more selective about who we invest time in and when you check out somebody's LinkedIn profile, you can see everything, who they're working for, who they used to work for, where they went to university, where they live, who you know in common. And so I think it just allows us to be a lot more selective in terms of our time and a lot more targeted in terms of who we're spending time with. Now, your other question, what should care people care about when they're thinking about their profile? So what makes a good profile? And what I say here is what makes a good profile is to not make it about you counterintuitively, but actually to make it about your audience. So just sit with what's your intention on LinkedIn? What are you trying to achieve? Is it um, more clients? Is it more referral partners? Is it investors? Um, is it job offers? You know, who do you most want to impress? Um, do you want to attract talent? You know, think about all of the different objectives and different audiences that you could have and think about what's important to you and why you do what you do and think about it sort of as a Venn diagram, what's the overlap between what they care about and what you care about? Because it's got to sound authentic. You don't want to be a people pleaser, but you need to address and talk to the pains of your audience. So if you're wanting a profile to attract business, then what do your customers care about? Don't start your LinkedIn profile with, I am a senior leader with 25 years. Because they're not looking at your profile to learn about you. Like you think you they are, but they're not. They want to see themselves reflected. They want to see their problems captured. They want to see their pain solved. So, so my core thing is don't make it about you. Make it about the other. Yeah, I, uh, I like that a lot. Um, we are now live on LinkedIn. I'm just trying to hook it up to our event. Uh, so bear with me with, with that. Um, so is you, I like what you're saying around, you know, people get to your profile and let's be honest, they don't want to read about you. They want to find out what's in it for them. Um, how in, Before we get to the writing, because I know that that's your expertise, how important is the picture and is there anything is there, is there anything that you believe that should be in place for having the picture that really seals the deal i think a picture is so critical and it surprises me how many times um today people get the pictures wrong you know so um and and by wrong <laughs> sorry i know it's awful to say wrong isn't it because you're like no there's many shades of right and i'm like yeah i don't know about that you know we often see pictures where people are standing so far back from the camera that we can't see in their eyes and yet we really struggle to connect with people when they won't look in our eyes so you know this this video going live wouldn't be half the same if i spoke to you while i was looking at my keyboard like you know we're just there are connections, so show me your eyes. Um, don't think that professional equals grumpy. It doesn't. 
Um, and that's something that, you know, here in um, Australia and with Southeast Asia, you know, they have a very professional culture in Southeast Asia. And it's, you know, I must look very serious. I must not smile. And I'm like, smile. <laughs> you want to look like somebody that people want to work with. And don't have a picture that's too airbrushed. Um, I don't think that that really helps especially in this era where we're all zooming where you know you're seeing an airbrushed picture of somebody who's just got the most flawless forehead and you know and everything's just all completely perfect and then you sort of turn up and you're like whoa you know it's like a 20 year age difference there <laughs> that just you know that doesn't you sort of think if the person hasn't been sincere about what they look like what what else have they not been sincere about so you need to um you need to have a current picture and you need to have a picture where you look like somebody people want to work for, look approachable. And I think there's a lot to be said for putting a, you know, a frame around your photo. So, you know, like maybe having a, a coloured rim around it or something. What do you think of that, Johnny? I mean, I really like it because I think it just makes it go pop. A couple of my clients recently have gone, hmm, I think it might look a bit tacky. And I've gone, oh, let me try. And they've been surprised. But what do you reckon? Yeah, I, I have seen that. And I think it does uh, highlight and help uh help bring it out so uh, i can see how that works um and uh, uh and 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 what i what i really don't like is a selfie um or a logo i mean who in I their right logo. mind who in their right mind thinks you know i'm going to uh use a, a logo on my profile picture uh, i'm just going to send you the link to the uh linkedin live if you want to share that on your linkedin feel free i've tried to update the event uh and i've tried to start uh, a chat because i know that we had a lot of people signed up to watch this on linkedin they will be able to catch it up afterwards uh it's just a shame for both of us being linkedin experts that the linkedin event decides not to work properly today uh so uh and and, and for both of us we're testing that and and in fact actually just talk Talking about LinkedIn events for a moment, um, one of the things that uh, we both uh, have understood recently is that you can invite up to a thousand people uh, to events. I ran an event uh, earlier this week, which was a, a networking event, and the I must say the conversion rate uh, in terms of uh, getting people from LinkedIn onto that event was was huge. I couldn't believe the the power of LinkedIn events, and I would highly recommend using LinkedIn events to as many people as possible. Um, but there is a limit, so you can invite up to a thousand people. Now, I thought it was a thousand per event, but you taught me something uh, only a, a day or so so ago. So it's a thousand per week, is that right? It's a thousand per week, which can be a real challenge because so often, you know, you've got a couple of different events on one week and you can only send a thousand and the filters are not great either. So for the many people who are using LinkedIn Lives, you know, you can sort it by filters. So please do use the filters to make sure that you're looking at the time differences of the audience you're sending it to. Yeah, good point. Yeah, um, yeah you know, and you can click on the little people and you can scroll and then click some more. So it's a, it's a little bit clunky, but that's LinkedIn for for you you know it's um it's really great at showing as being like a your own personal crm database of everybody you've ever met so it's really great at managing relationships it's a great publishing platform the event stuff the groups both of those are still very very clunky and need a bit of work but at least we have them right we have the rooms there they're not fully finished but we have the rooms yeah true um i'm going to come on to the profile writing yet another question though I'm wondering what your experience and thoughts are on the mobile app. So 
I have sort of a, a, a love-hate with the mobile app, and I'm just wondering what your experience is with the app and, and how you whether you tell people to avoid using it or whether it's really useful. How, what do you find? Um, do you tell people to avoid using it, do you? Well, yeah, <laughs> I find that it can end up breaking engagement sometimes. So I find that it's one of the, the worst, out of all the social media networks, it, I find that it's the worst app um to complement the platform uh, and i find that there's a that that it can end up breaking a lot of conversation uh whilst the messaging works well there's certain features that i find don't and 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 i find that there's much more feature rich on the desktop so i don't say don't use the app but i say you know make sure that you use desktop as well to ensure that you're using all the features that you're just not even aware of when you're on the mobile app um, and so that's probably my my biggest reason for saying don't just use the app. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm a desktop user. I don't like using the mobile app. And I my training is almost a reverse in that I say to clients, I do not want you to log in in the morning and start scrolling through the newsfeed. But you must scroll through the newsfeed every morning. I want you to do it Monday to Friday every morning. And I want you to spend between five to seven minutes liking and commenting on lots of posts in your newsfeed and also clicking on the three dots of the post in the corner and unfollowing people, a tip that I got from John Aspiri and LinkedIn trainer in the UK, you know, where you're really making sure that your newsfeed works for you and you're really curating who you're um, talking to. And you're giving, you know, you're supporting other people, you're actively commenting to other people. And do that on the desktop because I do that on the mobile app because if you sit down, then you'll kind of get sucked into a vortex of I've spent an hour and a half on LinkedIn and it feels really productive, but actually it wasn't. So I, I say to people, there's certain things that you can do on mobile that are really great. I'm also a huge fan of leaving people voice messages. So when you send people an invite to connect, especially if they're a cold prospect, make sure that you follow up with a voice message because if you've connected with a cold prospect, nothing is worse than then sending them a message that they could interpret as spam or a pitch or something like that. And you can pitch in your voice in a way that is so much nicer than if you were writing it. So I say to people, you can't leave a voice message on desktop. So get out your mobile phone Type in the person's name after they've accepted your invite to connect and make sure, of course, you've personalised that invitation to connect, you know, and leave them a voice message thanking them for having accepted your invite, mentioning what you do very briefly and very casually, like it's just got to be like, oh, you can see I'm a profile writer, let me know if you never need any free resources, thanks again for connecting. So sandwich it, you know, do a thank you, a bookend it. Um, you know, with a thank you, but do a tiny, teeny, tiny little pitch in the middle. So I actually advocate for the mobile app quite a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, so interesting that we take a different stance there. Yeah, well, I, th I think actually hearing both of us, I think it's more around um, just being aware that desktop is feature rich and mobile is a bit limiting. And yes. And they both have their place. And I love what you're saying about uh, voice, uh, voice memo, voice recordings, whatever you want to call it, voice messages. Sorry, um, and also even video messages as well. But but what you're ultimately saying here is there's a huge opportunity to stand out. 
because most people don't use voice or video and it you'd be amazed at how you can really stand out by just using a voice message so i i love hearing that karen and and that really um uh, is a is a fantastic. And it connects with people so much more authentically, you know. So, yeah. do you like the video message? I actually really struggle with video messages because for me, I tend to be quite hyper focused. So I'll be sort of busy writing a profile, and then I'll I might go, oh, I'm just going to take a couple of minutes break, and I'll see that I've got a video message, and I'm like, oh, it's one minute long. I have to sit down and just watch while. If it's a voice message, I can just plug my earphones in and I can go and, you know, boil the kettle while I'm listening to the yeah. voice message. No, I love that I can do that. I'm not good at just sitting down. And I've noticed that when I leave a voice, when I when I do a video, I'm busy sort of playing with my hair and I'm thinking, oh, I hate looking at myself or, you know, I just I just can't stand it. It makes me cringe. But when I, I can inject in a way, almost more personality in our voice. And I read that voice is more trusted than video, which I thought was really weird until I watched. Yeah, I thought that's got to be wrong. That's got to be wrong. And then I watched Avatar with my kids and, and I was saying to my children, um, you know, this is not real. Like, I mean, it looks so real. And they're like, yeah, duh, mum. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, nobody trusts what they see anymore. Um, but we trust our GPS, we trust Google Assistant, we we trust voice, it feels more connected. And in an era where many of us are, are still working from home or returning to offices or whatever, you know, but we're not interacting like we were years ago, face to face. So yeah. a voice feels really personal, doesn't it? It, it, it does. Uh, and um, and the ability of of you know especially if someone's wearing headphones or especially if you know a lot of people listen to things whilst they're doing other things so they might be you know um, they might even be in the kitchen doing something or walking around the house or walking around the office and and the intimacy that you have by being in someone's ear um, is a is a huge thing so I get that um, I, I I take on board the video thing I'd never never thought about that I I, I just thought you know if someone doesn't have the time to watch then that's fine just listen to me anyway but um, <laughs> yeah I get I feel that. rude I um, feel like I have to watch if you've sent me a video and I just I'm like oh I have to sit down and I you know if I've yeah I just I find it really hard and thank you so much I can see comments coming through Rachel's joined us so sorry we're all late on LinkedIn we had a technical glitch LinkedIn huh LinkedIn and events. But anyway, you got there, Johnny. You mastered all the tech and we got through it. Yeah. So I was just going to say that we've now got uh, an audience on LinkedIn. Uh, so welcome. Um, and um, we were just, you know, get, for those that have been with us, you uh, you heard that the, the StreamYard decided to fail going live on LinkedIn, which was a shame. But um, we covered uh, having a good profile picture. We covered why you should be on LinkedIn, uh, you know, really important. Um, and, um, and how um, we've both been on the platform for many, many years. What what I want to move to is is the profile writing itself. So this is your expertise. What are the things that I need to consider? In I assume this is my headline, my job my job description, but more importantly, my bio, my about section. And what amazes me is so many people don't even have a bio or an about section, and. And what also amazes me is that the headline is typically, you know, if they, maybe they're a lawyer and they just have the word lawyer and that's it. Or they, or, yeah. or in fact, even worse, they just have the word partner. So they've not even thought of, of keywords. Tell me more, Karen, what do we need to be thinking about in the content? 
The headline is so important. And the reason why the headline is so important is because um, different parts of your profile have a different weighting. So um, I've had a lot of LinkedIn trainers say you've got to have the right skills to improve your relevancy ranking. It's what I mean by weighting is how high you turn up in a search rhythm. So if anybody's searching for you, it's how high you turn up. That headline is really heavily weighted. So your skills actually don't weight that high. Your job titles do. Um, but how much they weigh, we actually don't know. It's a bit of a mystery. So I don't know. Um, it's important to have keywords in your about section. It's important to have keywords in your experience section. Seems to be least important in your experience section, but I still think it's an important area, especially as it's what people tend to look at almost before they look at the about section. So people tend to go, are you employed right now? What are you doing right now? I'll go up and I'll see if you're relevant to me. And then I'll go and skim read the about section. So the headline's really heavily weighted. So make sure that you're thinking, what would somebody look for if they were searching for me? It's funny you mentioned about partner and lawyers because I did a personal branding workshop recently. I was having a look through my network on who to invite to that. And I was stunned that so many recruiters, people who are in talent acquisition, they either had recruiter and the name of the company they worked for, like just their position title, or they had talent acquisition. I didn't know what sector, what industry, what vertical, like no area of specialty. And almost none of them had recruiter and talent and search, you know, an acquisition. They hadn't got the keywords in there. So think what would people look like if they're looking for somebody like me? And with that, sorry, were you going to jump in there? What no, are your keep thoughts? Going, keep going. And with your about section, I think um, so often when we're writing something, whether it's the copy for our website or it's our profile, LinkedIn profile, we're looking at what other people have written and then we're writing the same thing. And that's just such a bad idea because then you're not personal branding. Um, your personal blanding, um, to quote Kevin Turner, you know, you are, it's just so bland to write, I am a senior leader with 25 years. Start your LinkedIn about section with a question that your audience is wondering. Start with a hook. Start with a truism. A truism is really great because it's something that gets people going, hmm, oh, yes. And you want to collect yeses, right? We all want to collect yeses. So start with something that is makes people sort of think that isn't necessarily about you and it's collecting a yes. Um, start with a question that you know your audience has, you know your job has, that you're solving. Start with that first. If you're a job seeker, what's the key thing that you do? Put that in a question. So make it about your audience and then talk about why you do what you do and, you know, what led you to do this and that gives you an opportunity to talk about your past in a way that doesn't sound like a resume but it sounds more conversational you know so make it a journey and I love an about section that's got a bit of a call to action invite people to connect with you you don't have to say yes to all of them I mean you might Johnny but um <laughs> you know so have a call to action sound inviting um and think about having your contact details in there as well so that you know if your stakeholders or your clients or your potential employers are not on LinkedIn very often when they have a look at your profile and they see your contact details and like oh I don't know if I want to connect with a person yet but I can see they've got an email there so I'll reach out on email you know you just want to 
flatten the path and make it as easy as possible for people to do business with you. Doesn't mean you have to say yes to them, but, you know, make it easy. We've got a, uh, a couple of questions coming in, which is great. If you are watching or listening right now and you've got questions for either of us, for Karen, please do add them. Uh, I want to come back to what a truism is, uh, but uh, David Bain for now has asked a question. Uh, David, great to have you here. Thanks for uh, being there. I don't like LinkedIn profiles that are written in the third person. Does Karen agree that this is a bad idea? And Joe Whitty's come on board and he said, I read in about section the other day that was written in third person. It felt wrong. What What's your thoughts on that, Karen? I think it's dreadful to write in the third person because I think I think I thought it was dreadful for a long time, but I think it's just not okay now. It's not okay now. And the reason why it's not okay now is because we have all in the last couple of years been through so much. We are the world is yearning for connection. People want to authentically connect. Never before, you know, we're Back in the age of activism, I've heard um, Edelman Trust Barometer call it. So we're in the age of activism where people have never cared more passionately, not since the 1960s, about diversity and inclusion. And then you talk in the third person like you're not yourself, like you're too important to talk to me directly. Um, that's really hierarchical. Way too that important. <laughs> feels, it does. It just, you know, it feels, and that may not be the person, you know, you may be, um, the warmest, kindest-hearted person. But if you're talking to me in the third person, you know, Mary is a, then you sort of think, oh, well, Mary doesn't really care about me because she's too important to talk to me directly and she wants to pretend that her secretary or social media person is running her profile. And even if your secretary is running your social media profile, talk in the first person. You want to yeah, yeah. sound accessible. Yeah, you want to yeah. sound approachable. That's where the world's at. I'm going to I'm going to come back to a, a hub's question in a second, but the just you talked about using a truism. So give me a couple, give me some examples uh, of the sort of thing that I could use right at the beginning of that about section. Um, okay, so uh, I was listening to one of your podcast episodes earlier. Um, you were speaking to an SEO person who also did PR. Um, so you might have a, if she was doing PR, you might have something like, um, would you, oh, that would be a question, would you like more media exposure? Or um, it's really hard to know if the words on your website are actually going to be picked up by Google, isn't it? Um, yeah. Detail matters, full stop, like just a two-word sentence, detail matters. I became an actuary because of you know, so to start with, detail matters is a truism, um, you know, or the big picture matters or, you know, start with something that is a, you want to stake your, your flag in the ground. You want to show what you stand for and you want people to say yes. And if it feels like by putting your, your flag in the ground, you think, oh, my gosh, I can't do that, um, you know, I, I might turn people off, you really want your profile to be a bit like... Um, you want it to be a bit like Vegemite, which is kind of like Marmite in the UK. It's like this really salty, weird taste that we put on, thing that we put on bread, <laughs> just in case anybody in the US is going, Marmite, Vegemite, what are they talking about? You know, you want to be something that polarises people. You don't want to be everybody's flavour. You want to be something that people go yum or yuck to, and that's okay. You know, as the, the Americans say, the riches are in the niches. You don't want to be all things to all people. You want to repel some and, and repel others. So whilst you're writing your about section, uh, are there any other things that we need to consider to make sure that is uh, that is in there? And also, is there a, a magic length to the about about bio section? 
That's a clever question. I love that one. I think it's really important to talk about your why. Now, I know that Simon Sinek's why is um, changing a little bit. I think current sentiment is more to talk about purpose um, and we're very becoming very purpose-driven. But yet people connect with people who are genuinely interested in their topic. They're so interested that we know that 10 o'clock at night, they're still reading about that, you know? So I love my tax accountant because he loves tax and I don't. So um, so share why you're really interested in that. I think that's really important. And the ideal length, a lot of people don't want to have too much there because they say, but less is more. And if I write too much, they won't read it. And I disagree. I think that it's not up to us to decide how much our audiences want to read, especially if you're potentially um, pitching for a very expensive job, um, you know, a very high-paying role, or you're pitching a product or a service that's a premium service or a premium product, and it's going to cost a lot. People want to do their research. They want to know, well, before I spend a few thousand, I want to make sure that this is somebody I really want to employ or do business with. So give them all of the information, give them all of the ideas and, and who you are, show what your interests are, share something personal about yourself. You don't want to sound all work related. So if you can get in there, if that feels appropriate, I've not done it for my own about section, but if you can, I do do, do it in my headline though. So um. If you can share something that's a little bit personal, something that connects me to you and make it long, you know, you've got 2,600 characters. That's a lot. So don't give me just a paragraph or two. Give me about five paragraphs. Give me around 330, 340 words. Give me something I can really sink my teeth into. I may not read it all. I may just skim it and that's okay, but give me the option. What do we think to emojis in a headline? I think emojis are really important and they don't have to be smiley faces. Uh, they really don't. When people think emojis, they always think smiley faces, uh, especially because I've got a winky face in mine uh, or rolly eyes. I've got rolly eyes in mine. But um, you could just have a simple, like if you search an emojipedia for triangle or square or circle, you could find just a coloured dot and it could be a really tiny little black dot and it just breaks up the text. I think pipes... Um, pipes being the up and down line. That's so old school. That that suits the old user. Sorry, have you got pipes? I can't remember. I don't know. I'm frantically, <laughs> wor I'm frantically worried. <laughs> but I just feel like pipes, we saw pipes as up and down line. We saw that all over the user interface um, oh, four years ago. So I'm like four years ago is a long time in digital, right? It's a very long time. So don't have pipes because we've moved on from that. We're all about. I've Circles and emojis and colour. You want something that just goes pop. So that's why I like emojis to break up keywords. The good news is I've not got pipes. Phew. I was I was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, uh, uh, Anne Menon agrees with uh, with David as well. Uh, Sarah's had to leave us, but uh, thank you for joining us when you did. Um, Ahab's got a question, and, and it leads me into my next question anyway, because just in the green room, we were having a quick conversation around connections, because, um, you know, I was wondering what your connection policy is. Uh, Ahab uh, asks, what about using LinkedIn as a social platform to earn followers, not jobs? Uh, I think that's probably what we're both talking about anyway, which is around using LinkedIn uh, to create 
business to create leads. Uh, I don't think either of us are, uh, are talking about uh, how to use LinkedIn to get a job, although although I'm sure we have lots of advice on that. Um, but uh, in terms of uh, in terms of connections, Karen and, and followers, what's your policy? And are you like me? I class myself as a bit of a LinkedIn tart, or do you have a better strategy? Not better, different. <laughs> yeah, I think it's better because it's mine. But hey, um, and I love that. I love allowed, that it's, it's allowed to be better. It's allowed to. And be I better. love that question. What if we don't want to get a job, but we want to gain followers? Followers are like lots of likes on a post, right? When we get lots of likes on the post, we feel quite good about ourselves. We're like, whoa, I got a post that got, you know, so many eyeballs and it got so many likes. But did it actually pay the bills? Did it actually keep you in your job, secure a new job, get your clients, impress your stakeholders? Did it actually do any of those things? Um, and so for me, it's a vanity, vanity metric. So the problem with content creator, um, one of the new features that we've seen, can I call it new? It's like three months old or something. Yeah, so it feels, it feels a bit old to me, but it may be new to me. Um, so a lot of people have automatically switched on content creator and they're getting lots more followers. But you can't direct message these people. So what's the point of having a relationship if it's just one way, if you're just standing on your soapbox and you're talking at people? You know, I love to have relationships with people where I can direct message them, where I can say thank you for sending me an invite to connect. I've accepted and now I'm leaving your voice message. So I think it's all about building relationships. Um, so to that clever question about getting followers, I think we need to think about who do I want to have following me? Why do I want that? So who, if I could have anybody following me, who do I want those to be? And don't make them followers, make them connections. Send, look at who's following you and send them invites to connect. And if you're not going to be proactive in doing that, switch content creator off because you will stop getting invitations to connect and you'll only have followers. I think it's really important to always keep that strategic intent front of mind. What do you want LinkedIn to achieve? And if you're like, I don't know. And you know what? That's what most people say. Most people like say, oh, I don't know. I'm just on LinkedIn because everybody else is. Well, that's great. But if you could have anything in the world, what would it be? Would it be starting a side hustle? Would it be growing business? Would it be um, staying employed? I know that sounds crazy, but I know somebody who kept their job because she had taken some advice I'd given her in a webinar and she had been very prolific in connecting with people across the company and with the organisation supply chain and, and stakeholder partners. And so when they were doing mass redundancies last year, she said to the HR person, is my job okay? Like, am I next online? Because I need to know because I'm thinking about getting a house. Like, am I, am I next in line? They said, no, you've got way too many contacts on LinkedIn without valued networks so it can keep you employed so think about what your strategic objective is and i would urge people not to not to be a johnny and not to, not to connect with everybody because i think is that all right johnny because i think if you connect with everybody you've got you know then you're investing time in people that might be very interesting and very fascinating and you might be very flattered but they're never going to help you to achieve your strategic intent. So think about what am I here to do? What's my goal? What's my strategic intent? And who are the people who are around that goal? So you don't want to be like a lion in the long grass waiting for a wounded zebra to come along 
and that wounded zebra is a client and the wounded zebra comes along and you tear it to pieces. That's what you do not want to be like on LinkedIn. You don't want to be pitching and spamming and you don't want to just be only targeting clients. You want to be targeting those, those other people who are around your clients so that your clients feel like, oh, my gosh, everybody's connecting to Johnny. All of the right people are connecting to Johnny because he's not a LinkedIn tart. He's very selective. And why aren't I connected to Johnny? You know, so you want to have that. Do you know what I mean? Have I convinced you, Johnny? No. no. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure you've convinced me, but I love the uh, uh, I love the new phrase that you've coined, which is don't be a Johnny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, it's even in the chat right now. Uh, I think it's fine to have a, a difference of opinion on connections. I work with a number of different uh, LinkedIn trainers. And, uh, and, and Karen, what you're saying is probably way more common than my thinking, which is be a tart, connect with anyone. Um, I can completely see how uh, being strategic, you know, you can be more strategic. And and a good point you made earlier, you know, there's a limit of 30,000. So um, it, it's a big number, but at the same time, it's a small number. Uh, and so uh, it's around, you know, if you want to have 30,000 amazing, perfect, strategic people, then connecting with anyone is just going to fill and fill and fill those numbers and unfortunately take those numbers away. So I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, and it would take your content away as well. You know, your content's typically seen typically by about 20 to 30% of your network. So what's the point of being famous with a whole load of people in, um, you know, in, in a country that you're, they're never going to pay for your services because of the exchange rate like what's the point of that you know why be famous there and, and in fact and in fact you you live by what you say because one of the things that you're you know you're very focused on the asia pacific market um you're not uh, you don't do work uh, uh, across the uh, the pond uh, and um and so you're not looking to connect with people ac across the pond you're very uh, you know if people want to follow you and look at your content you're very happy to help people and be resourceful but you you live and breathe what you say as well uh, which is yeah. um which is which is good to see. Um, I just want to cover one quick topic before we have to finish. Um, but uh, posting content on LinkedIn, how often should I be doing it? Uh, is there a is there a, a, a good time of day? Is there a uh, how often? How much time should I be spending on LinkedIn? I, I hope you'll take an opposing view on this one because that'd be really interesting as well. Time of the day, I've got to start with that one. You know what? I don't know. Um, I think it really very much depends on your audience and um, and for me, I'm just discovering that earlier in the morning I'm getting more hits if I'm posting really early in the morning. It seems like people are on LinkedIn really early um, and they're not on LinkedIn during the day as much as they used to be. But that could be because we've had a few lockdowns here in Sydney, a huge lockdown in Sydney and lots in Melbourne. So it could be that people are at home working and they don't want to be seen to be on social media so they're commenting at either end of the day you know I think that's very dependent on your audience um studies across the board have shown that um the best days to post are typically Tuesdays and Wednesdays um I've had many of my posts do really well on a Friday and I suspect that that's because if people are working from home, which they are in my area, in my region of the world, um, then Friday afternoon people are like, oh, I know I should be working, but I really can't be bothered. LinkedIn kind of feels like work. I wonder what everybody else is up to. <laughs> so my posts seem to be doing really well on a Friday. Um, 
where I stand in posting is I'm actually one of the few people, I think I'm one of the few, who says don't post all the time. I think the posting all the time will just get everybody going, do you actually do any work? So really, are you agreeing with me on this one? I, so I'm a big fan of only a couple of times a week. I'm like, less is more. Yeah, I, I, am, I am totally agreeing because I think you're right. I think um, those that aren't in the know believe that you're on the platform all day, every day, um, and do then wonder, you know, do they actually have any work? Uh, so that could be a good thing. It could be a good thing that they think you're on the platform all, every day, but at the same time, if they start thinking that you haven't got any work, then that's not a great thing to be to be having either. Um, because the reality... Too. Yeah, the, sorry. Yeah, the, the reality is that we is I don't believe either of us spend all day, every day on LinkedIn. Uh, we, we're probably just very strategic and you know we we have like you said we have a focus you know exactly what you're going to linkedin to do and you can do it in a couple of minutes so it's uh so so that's yeah and with regard to time of day uh yeah totally um it fully depends on the audience i like you i've seen uh, an increase in mornings early mornings but i think it does depend on many factors but i think age could be one of them so depending on who you're trying to talk to um i think uh, a slightly older audience mornings work really well and i think um Sunday afternoons, I've found uh, with my own audience have have uh, have worked, but but you're absolutely right, Karen, that it really does depend on the uh, on the audience, the location, so many factors. Um, so if people want to follow you, uh, you we need to search uh, on LinkedIn, uh, Karen Tisdell, and um, but you, there's also the brand new website as well. Is there oh, any? Yeah. Is is there any, are you on any other platforms at all or do you really, is your focus LinkedIn? I did have a bit of a play with Twitter, but then I lost interest in it. And um, so I actually, I have somebody else who pretends to be me on Twitter. <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> so um, so Dear Olivia Yeats runs my um my my twitter account so um so she helps me by posting all of that stuff so so i keep my folk my focus really narrow on linkedin yeah, yeah yeah and and it's yeah very focused on linkedin uh it's been brilliant uh for those just quickly those that joined us halfway i'm going to post a link to the uh youtube channel so that if you miss the beginning you'll be able to get the start i i'm so sorry that we had a technical bug today between Streamyard and uh and linkedin um but we did have a, a good audience in the end on linkedin so that was good uh karen thank you so much for your time it's been really interesting and really fascinating and i love uh your your whole thought process on the wording of that about section and uh and i and i just i mean for me the biggest takeaway is just that first sentence on the about bio it, don't make it a cliche mm. yeah and and getting someone to sort of say yes in their mind straight away and be able to really feel that they connect can connect with you um immediately because you understand them i love it really yeah. good it's the what's in it for me isn't it which you said so beautifully yeah make yeah. it what's in it for them thank you very much karen uh thank you for listening thank you for watching please tell your friends share this uh but more importantly join us for the next one and um karen again thanks once again and uh, we'll see you all soon take care bye bye You've been listening to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. Thanks so much for joining me. If you want to continue the conversation, head over to my website, fleek.marketing, or find me on LinkedIn. That's all for today. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
tag me in your social media posts, and please leave me a review on iTunes. It will make a huge difference for me. I will see you soon. Bye.